But let's talk a bit of rugby now because the rugby is finally coming back this Saturday. It is Vodacom Super Fan Saturday happening at Loftus and the four teams that play in Super Rugby will be in action uh, this weekend and uh, we are crossing over now to uh, Chanel Mangaru who's the marketing and media manager at the Bulls just to find out more about uh, what is happening and what we can expect on Saturday. Chanel, good evening and thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM tonight. Kavisa, how are you doing? Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. We are very excited on your side. How are the excitement levels ahead of the return of domestic rugby? Listen, I, I tell you, I cannot explain to you what the excitement levels are. It, it, uh, it, it feels like we've never seen rugby before and it's the first time we're doing this. So there's, there's guys smiling from ear to ear just to have rugby back, eh? <laughs> yes, and I'm sure lockdown must have been tough for you guys. I mean, everything just came to a halt. You know what? I think lockdown was tough on everybody. Eh? Um, I think the boys felt it. Uh, you know, it was weird for them because, uh, especially with, with team sport, the dynamic is such that you spend so much of time with each other. Yeah. You know, from very early in the morning, you just blood, sweat, tears throughout the day type of thing. And you're just used to having your teammates around you all the time. So I think, yeah, lockdown did hit the Oxford hard because uh, all of a sudden now they they don't have that you know, that big unit around them all the time and, and they have to do sort of isolated training on their own, mm. which, which was a bit tough for them. But they're professionals. They've come through it and I think they're enjoying having each other again now. Great. And is there a different vibe or a different mindset at Loftus since the arrival of Jake White? Because we've seen what he's done on the market. Yeah, Jake's been amazing for us. Eh? Um, I think people, people are loving him. They're loving his mindset. They're loving what he's doing. Um, there's a great energy at Loftus. Uh, from the players to the staff to to everybody, I think there's a there's a massive sense of belief that the Vodacom Bulls is going to achieve something very very special. So so yeah, Jake's really up to our game there. So what are the expectations? <laughs> well, it's as simple as you don't uh, do professional sport if you don't go out to win, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, look this weekend. It's a bit different. It, it is a warm-up game, so I think all the teams, all the teams are going to come out there and, and you know, be trying out new combinations and, and just trying to feel each other out a little bit before the season starts in a couple of weeks. So, uh, so as much as we say the results not important, um, yeah, I, I don't think the players believe that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and how have preparations gone, Chanel? I mean, it must have been obviously different now with the COVID-19 protocols and regulations. Look, it's it's been interesting to say the least. Uh, you know, uh, hats off to our friends from from Vodacom for you know stepping up and putting this this weekend together. I mean, our our stadium management have outdone themselves in in the preparation. It's it's not easy because it's very very different. You know, uh, uh, think things are not the same, and and there was a lot of learning and things we had to to figure out and do differently. Mm. But uh, yeah, we we're ready for a show on Saturday. Obviously, no supporters yet because the restrictions still apply. Yeah, no, no supporters just yet. Uh, I mean, we we hoping, you know, that eases up sooner rather than later. Mm. But but you know, I think for now, everyone's just happy that we've got the game uh, game again. You know, the game's kicking off, and, and yeah. you know, we, we we can all just be thankful for that. Let, let's enjoy it uh, from home on TV for now, mm. and uh, yeah, let's just be safe and. Uh, Make sure we're all in one piece to, you know, so, uh, to be ready when when we can get fans back. So, have the teams arrived? Are they on their way? Are they all staying in one place? How does it work? 
so so it's quite interesting. It's not it's it's not a case of, of a bubble where they all stay in one place. Uh-huh. Um, I know uh, some of the guys arrived today. Obviously, you know, with the lines, it's easy enough because because they're in Joburg. Um, the Sharks and Stormers were looking at arriving late this afternoon. Uh, but now they all stay in different hotels. Okay, now fair enough. And for those not aware, can you give us the fixtures and the times of this double header? So, Vodacom Bulls versus South Sea Sharks. Kickoff is at 4.30. Mm-hmm. And then Emirates Lions versus DHL Stormers. Kickoff is at 1900. Okay, great. And I see the teams have named 30 men squads. Does it mean that all 30 can play? Because it's a warm up game, like you said. Yeah. So I think the idea here is that, you know, they, they, they want to try and run in the squads and, and give everybody a bit of, you know, good competitive game time. So uh, the coaches will be looking to use all of their players, you know, will be looking to get everyone out there on the park. So, yeah, uh, look, it also makes it more exciting for the fans because it keeps that intensity and keeps that energy high as well, you know. And I guess you get to see some of the new signings. That is probably the most exciting thing for us. Uh, you know, we've... We've done some some massive signings in the last uh, couple of months, mm-hmm. so uh, you know I think uh, personally I can't wait to see a guy like uh, Arnu Bota run back out at Loftus. Yes. You know, Hio uh, Aplon is there, so so we've got some very good signings that we're looking to 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 see run out at Loftus. Okay, great stuff, Chanel. Thank you for speaking to us. We're still going to continue talking about this with journalist Kanye Sochwaku just to look at the teams. But thank you. We wish you all the best. Uh, all eyes on you as we mark the return of rugby. Hope you have a great show. Great. Thanks for having us on. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rugby on Saturday. Thanks, uh, Chanel. There from uh, the Bulls is the marketing and media manager, Chanel Mangaru. But let's look at the teams now. And we're joined by Kanye Sochoaku, who writes for the Sunday Times and the Times Live and is also an analyst here on SABC Sport. Kanye so good evening. Thank you for speaking to us, uh, young man. Good evening, Kanye so Good evening, listeners. What can we expect here then on the Super Fan Saturday? It's a double header. Can we just expect the teams to go through the motions or can we just expect them to run at each other like the South African teams usually do when they play against each other? Hey, to be honest, that question is a very it's a very good question and one that's difficult to answer. Because it's like South African rugby and sports in particular pressed the recent party because of COVID. Um if you look back at how the PSL started um, it was it was very it was ring rusty stuff ring rusty stuff and I think um, the next two weekends where it's going to be Super Fan Saturday this weekend then next week's a Springbok showdown I think it's players trying to shake off cobwebs over two weeks before the domestic tournament starts on the tenth where guys then I think not well, no, won't be expected to be at full tilt per se mm. um, but will be expected to be in some sort of rugby form I mean they haven't played. Um, proper rugby since March after the Sharks and the Storm is making terrible from where Super Rugby then well rugby around the world shut down indefinitely. So well I mean there's so many I mean to make an example the Bulls are now with a new coach, they've got a host of new players. Mm. So, I mean to make an example Money Lipok at lockdown time was at the Bulls mm. and now is at the Sharks. So there's been a lot of changes, a lot of administrative and player changes um that have taken place. There's been salary cuts so that I mean there's been the liquidation of the Kings, the liquidation of the Falcons. So there has been, I mean, the rugby landscape is so different from what we last saw in March, right, on and off the field. And you touched on Curry Cup and all of that. What can we expect after this game? Just take us through the proposed schedule again from SA Rugby. Um, what's going to happen is that um, this weekend is going to be both the, the Superfan Saturday, 
which will be the four Super Rugby franchises. And then next week, it's going to, at, at Newlands, it's going to be the Springbok Showdown, mm-hmm. where players will pick, well, nice three players are picked, but so, so far, but then that will be narrowed down to around 50, um, which will be split into two squads each. Um, that will be coached uh, by Zwanilistic and Dion David, which were the, and those squads will be commissioned by Rassi Rassis and Jacques Pinaba. I think that game will pretty much serve as a quasi Springbok trial to check um, where the possibles and the probables are at in terms of form and fitness. And then on the 10th of October, then the proper domestic tournament, I'm not sure if it still has a name, it has a name at the moment, that then, then that tournament um, will start on the 10th. It will run through till January 23rd. And it will also feature matches on Boxing Day and then New Year's, uh, on the January 2nd, which is the start of New Year's, often the start of the New Year's test. Because I think at this stage, um, Cricket South Africa, with all the troubles, haven't been able to confirm fixtures. I mean, they haven't been able to confirm um, an AGM into those fixtures at the moment. So clearly rugby now is going to be tops of the pops um, through the festive season. So also that means that we're going to have winter sports like soccer and football um, headlining our Christmas um, watch sporting calendar. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. There's also the rugby championship. I know the fixtures came out yesterday or yesterday, but um, is it confirmed now that the box can travel to Australia since the, the, the restrictions on international sports still remain? Well, it, it, I find it to be very tricky that the box will be able to travel because, I mean, there are individual players who've been allowed to travel to the IPL. They've been cooperative, allowed to travel to um, international tournaments, individual sports in particular. Um, I find it very awkward because now what, what should work for the, who should work for the candidate? Because we had a case where the national women's team was allowed to go to England to play um, in that series against England, but that was under different lockdown regulations. So I think with, 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 with whether the box will get permission to travel um, to Australia, I think we need to get a lot of clarity from the Department of Sports and I think um, the Department uh, in particular with regards to which teams can travel and which teams can't. Because, I mean, I think the uh, sporting tour, under, in my view, um, falls under a business transaction. I mean, there's um, cause contractual obligations that if they might be need to fulfill through the Springboks actually taking part um, in the rugby championship. So I think um, I think actually it's worth following up this week and, and check where you actually saw SA Rugby and 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 the government actually stand with the trampling of the Springboks. And also remember now it's going to be a quite short notice because the tournament's slated to start on the seventh, and that means that chances are the Springboks will be taking part may only be able to take part in one this week set of matches, the Springbok showdown, and maybe a bit. Um, two rounds before then they leave because remember they still have to get to Australia they still have to go undergo tests and quarantine while getting ready to actually play in that particular tournament and they'll be there from let's say now in middle of October to early December they'll still have to come back they'll still have to quarantine so chances are they'll only be able to join their teams around Boxing Day if they actually go there sure Okay, interesting. Let's wait for a word from the ministry then. But back to the Superfan Saturday. Uh, let's look at some of the teams. I mean, the Bulls made a lot of signings uh, with Jake White coming on board. What should be the expectations there at Loftus now for the f- when the Bulls return to action? I know t- it's a warm-up game, but you say the Curry Cup will come and then Super Rugby will be back next year. What should be expected of the Bulls under Jake White? Thanks to be honest, um, they're in a known quantity. Um... If let's say if COVID nineteen didn't get in the way and they started playing a few games under Jake, um, maybe we could have had an idea of um, how they look or how they play. Because they brought in a whole host of players. Some of those players 
We haven't seen in a while. I mean, Arno Porta has been very good for Munster, um, but we don't know how we adapt back to South African rugby. Um, they've brought in some unknown quantities. There's like a Clinton sword. There's other lock that they brought in from Japan. So they've got a number of players that, um, for all intents and purposes, um, are untried. We do not know them. So hence why they are quite an unknown quantity. When you look at other regions, um, other franchises, I mean, the Sharks have remained consistent. They've been able to hold on to a number of their players, even though they've lost the likes of Andre Seyzen and Louis Schroeder. I mean, the Stormers have been, have been able to maintain a reasonable consistency in terms of retention of players. I mean, the Bulls let go of Wada Khalant, so mm-hmm. and he's now at, at, at the Stormers. So, I mean, Wada Khalant was actually at the heart of everything good that the Bulls were trying to do. Um, I mean, Marty Lipov, before he moved to Devon, wasn't actually given a fair crack. Um, at number 10, and and Jake quite clearly knows what he's doing um, if he wants to let a very talented player like Mali Dibok go. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Bulls look like. I mean, it, it, we can't second guess how they're going to play, how they're going to line up, because um, we've been privy to see what they've been getting up to because of um, the restrictions on not being able to attend training sessions to see how they, to see what Jake has been getting up to um, in terms of how he's been shaping his team from a tactical perspective. So, I mean... I mean, the other teams, chances are they'll be trying to continue from where they left off um, around March. I mean, the Bulls are pretty much directionless anyway by the time lockdown happened. So, I mean, now they're very interested. it's going to be very interesting to see how they operate. What do you say to those who say that the return of Morne Stein hampered the progress of Mani Libok and he's the one that should have been getting opportunities at 10 at the Bulls? Uh, look, there is a big over-reliance on experience. Um, if you look at, I, I, I like to compare South African rugby to New Zealand rugby, where I feel with New Zealand rugby, and I keep track of um, the domestic tournament, the Mighty Ten Cup, where if a big player has gone, a big player has gone, they just look to find someone to replace a player. They don't have this over-reliance on one being a retirement home, um, where if, if a player does come back, I mean, I saw Kieran Reed. Um, he's playing for counties, my local, and you can actually see the value that he's adding um, for counties. Um, but you can't, uh, you couldn't see the same value for for Morense. Yes, there was a game against the Sharks where his tactical kicking was on point. But you ask yourself one question: um, What good is a Morense going to do from a national team perspective? Because also, when you bring back players, um, you also need to bring. I mean, there's a young to see. Um, at the Lions, and in one game against the Reds, he actually had a very, a very terrible game. And you ask yourself one question. When you bring back these players, what kind of value are they adding? I know Willem Albert has been accepted to the rules so far, where actually, when he came on, he actually had a very, um, you can see that the Sharks packed the Lions pack, I'm sorry about that, and actually started playing very well. So, I mean, it was understandable that you, you'd have him in a mentorship role, but for national team considerations, you would love to have your better and your younger fly-off actually playing regularly to give them that confidence that they can compete consistently at that level, they can be trusted at that level, and then now when they actually started to shine and then maybe a rusty rusty said, but you've been trusted with this much responsibility at franchise level, let's see how you cope at, um, at international level. I mean, Elton Yankee has thrived at the Lions under then John Mitchell and under Johan Ackerman because they trusted him with the position and he returned he returned the faith in heaps. So it was a very manual thing. I mean, that Monet staying decision to play that Monet the decision to play Monet ahead of um 
Mali Libok actually highlighted um, the muddle thinking the Bulls in under Porte Hima. Also still with the Bulls, who's your starting nine here between an Ivan Fansel and an Ambrose Papira? Is there someone else that I'm missing? Um, well, it's, it's a tricky one because they offer different things. But it's clear that, um, how can I put it? Ambrose Papir is clearly the better player. He's got the better skill set, but in South African rugby has this thing of, do you go for an exciting, but mild, not mildly confident, but a player that we will, be, will be able to turn the game for you, or do you go for the safe option and be able to play all the percentage, percentages very well? So, I mean, if you look at what the Sharks have done, I mean, uh, Sean Everett and the Sharks' brain trust has been brave enough to be able to let a Luciano go and trust what they have in Grant Williams, uh, Sunny Leno Hamba, and Jaden Hendrickson. Three young scrum ops, not the most experienced, but they know that these three players are the future. And for the franchise to go forward, these are the players they need to trust. Because, I mean, all of them are under, 20, uh, are under 23. So the best thing that the franchise can do now is to give these players a fair crack and see where it takes them. Well, if they come off, they come off. It's going to be not only for the betterment of the franchise, but it's going to be the betterment of South African rugby. So clearly, I'm not sure what kind of communication takes place between them and the Springbok coaching, uh, coaching think tank. But it's clear, particularly at the Sharks, um, I think even to an extent of the Stormers. Um, and that's, those two fans in particular, where while there are experienced Springbok players there, there's also the need to look at the mid and the long-term future that retain a number of young players and see where they take the franchise because the better they get, the more competition that they have amongst each other. You may stumble across a World Cup, uh, give, you, give a Sunny Leno Ambo or a Jaden Henderson opportunity in the Grant Williams. And then you may stumble across a, a Aaron Smith. Um, to make an example, I mean, the Kerwin Posh now, he wasn't getting any opportunities mm. um, under Robert Dupree. Sean Everett in, suddenly now, Kerwin Posh is starting to look like, before COVID, he was actually starting to look like sort of one of South Africa's best flowers. Yes. The defensive deficiencies remain, um, but clearly he was at a point where he, if there was a box conversation and there's a hundred Pollard who's now injured, if an Elton becomes injured, you then have to start factoring him into that conversation because he played well enough to actually force himself into the conversation with the same applying for the now injured Apple Lepat. But the same then can apply for a Damien Willemsay. I see Coach John Dobson is giving him another crack at 10. Halfback pairing with Herschel Yanches there. It was a bit shaky from what we saw at 10 in the beginning stages of the Super Rugby season. But he does want to play at 10 though. Is he a 10 or is he a 15 for you? No, he's a 10. He's a 10. I just think that um, he just needs proper role clarity with what he can and can't do. And because I think he has everything. But if there's one thing that Flav needs to learn, it's game management. Um, and unfortunately, game management, you don't learn um, by watching. You need to be in the game. You need to be in different situations because Damien Willem says everything as a fluff. He's got the boot. He's got the tactical management. He's got the tactical nows. But sometimes you always get a feeling that he tries to do everything at once because there's sometimes when he decides, let me kick, and you see that his tactical game is coming off. But sometimes his decision-making, um, he's still young. We need to trust the fact that he's still young. But also, though, with more game time, he, he, he'll, he'll be able to trust his own decision-making, his own game management. And those are things from time to time you have to learn on the job. I mean, we've seen plenty of young players who've learned all the trade, all the skills on the job. Well, you don't sit on the bench by watching. You, you get, actually get into the game. You play and you learn. You play and you learn. You make mistakes along the way. If a coach is brave enough to say, you know what, 
make mistakes along the way, but the more you play, the lesser mistakes you make and the better you'll get. So it's just a case of just trusting that he is a talented player. He's got every he's got every trick in the book. It's just a case of him being able to manage um which trick he can use for which specific occasion. Okay, let's go to the voice notes here. We're talking to Kanyiso Chwaku just about the return of domestic rugby, which starts this Saturday with that super fan uh, doubleheader at Loftus. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening uh, to your guest. Yeah, look, it's going to be an exciting match. If I take a look at the pools, I mean, the, the exciting signing there is for me is Anno Porter who is a very exciting player. Uh, I believe that he's also in the Springbok radar. So it'll be exciting to see Anna Bota uh, really running uh, out at Loftus and then look at uh, the Lions. You know, you've got um, uh, another, you know, a great player there in Yako Grill, uh, you know, returning to the Lions there. And then you look at the Sharks, you've got Karen Bosch, who's also gunning out for the number 10 jersey of the Springboks, considering that Andre Pollard is injured. For me, the unfortunate thing is the injury to Apelele Fasi. And that's the question I want to pose to uh, Kanyisa Chwaki, because I know that he was going to be in the Springboks uh, end of your tour, I mean, rugby championship squad. And then you go over to the Stormers, well, I'm not sure about the Stormers, but they've also got great Springboks in there. So it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting um, uh, tournament. But I just wanted to ask about Apelele Fasi uh, to Mr. Kanyiso. Is it to the Sharks and also maybe to Rasi Erasmus' plans for the Springboks? Thank you. Okay. Loud and clear there, Libra. Thank you for that in East London. Is he uh, is definitely a future Springbok, Apelele Fasi Kanyiso. Is he ready, though? He was. I mean, you can never know a person is ready until the crew you actually throw the music. But Apelele ticked every box. Um, I mean, we've seen players doing less than Apelele did that's still getting into poor colours. Um, Apelele was, by head and shoulders, the best, the best fullback in the country. Um, if not one of the best fullbacks in the tournament, um, until COVID happened. I mean, he made things happen. I mean, uh, people would question whether he, if his defence is up to scratch, but then you could also put, uh, also point the same finger to a Villeru and say, what Villeru defence was defensive for the better time of his career. But his um, attacking instincts were trusted to the point that they were able to overlook his defensive deficiencies. So, I mean, he was he was there and there about. Um, it was unfortunate that he got injured. It's very, I mean, Steve Howe took pictures of how Apelele got injured. Mm. Um, it was very unfortunate. And I think we would have seen, I think we've missed out on the business of Apelele so far. But I think because it's an upper body injury, um, it's unfortunate it's still painful an injury, um, he won't be losing any case. So if it were, let's say, a an ACL or a hamstring tear, then we'd be worried because generally those injuries then actually start to rob um, exactly fleet for the backline players of their pace. So it would have been nice to see a player fast actually play in these three or four games. But I think you, by the time Super Rugby had actually came in, um, it actually played himself into Springbok contention. And people also need to remember that Apelin is actually quite a multidimensional player. When he was at Dale College, he played at 10, 12, and 15. Mm. So I think um, the Sharks would trusted him at 15 in particular. But I think at some point, if they needed him to, if they needed to press him in the service at 10, I think he would have done a great job because also had the kicking game to, sub- to supplement um, his excellent high ball skills. Just in 30 seconds, what can we expect from a Rebs Matwane? Tries, tries, and more tries. Pelis Matwane is a very good player. He scored tries by the bucket load at the cheaters. He came in, I think, as a defense for Makazole Mapimpi, and he continued, he actually continued where Makazole left off mm. um, at the cheaters. So he's actually another one to need to. <coughs> he's another player that we need to look, to look out for. He's played very well um, in Pro 14. 
And I think it's now time that we see him playing with the, with the top South African dogs. Okay, and he's starting for the Lions uh, this Saturday. Usubashe Makwane there is a jersey number 14, so look out for him. They're playing against the Stormers.